What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to Arrowhead Live. This is episode 25. We took a week off um, from the podcast after the loss to the Titans. Uh, we needed some time to recuperate from that uh, bullshit. Um, but we are back after the win against the Chargers in Mexico. Uh, 24 to 17, the Chiefs defense was dominant. Um, a huge turnaround from what we saw against the Titans um, in week 10. Uh, so let's just start it off with uh, some of the things that impressed us. Um, Ori, what did impress you? What impressed you um, from the matchup against the Chargers? Um, I think you kind of already hit on it a little bit. Uh, it was a defense. Um, they obviously weren't perfect, and Philip Rivers is kind of you know near the end of his career, in, in my opinion, uh, throwing four interceptions. But at the same time, with him throwing those interceptions, the defense had to have done something right. So whether it be, you know, the Sorensen game-ending one, Fenton uh, playing well as a rookie, uh, which is definitely nice to see some of our cornerbacks uh, stepping up. Uh, they played pretty well as a whole. <clears throat> so just kind of the defense was a, was a nice one. Um, the offense, finally getting to see Mahomes going. He looked good, uh, especially on uh, when he was scrambling around a little bit. It looked like his... his uh, you know, his injury has pretty much healed completely. You know, favored it a little bit at the beginning, but uh, he is looking back like his old self. Made a couple mistakes, but overall, I was, was happy with the performance. It's always hard to get a division win. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Austin. I was just going to say, um, I feel like, you know, the offense didn't put up the numbers that we all might have expected, or they might have played a little you know, a little subpar to their standards, but they had a pretty good game overall, you know, for compared to the rest of the league. And, um, you know, the offenses, it was our first game back where, quote-unquote, everyone was healthy, and then obviously Tyreek went down and Ryder went down for a little bit. But, um, you know, I, th I feel like they got to get that chemistry back. And so, you know, for the first game where everyone is supposed to be lined up and healthy, um, I wasn't. I was a little disappointed, but you know, in the end, they did enough for us to come out with the win. Um, a little more production in the fourth quarter would have been nice, but up until then, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, um, I think Mahomes. Uh, I think he got a little shaken after that interception. Um, he. It looked like. I mean, especially Andy Reid too. It looks like they kind of just got a little conservative after that. Um, they didn't really go for the big plays. I posted a picture of the um, next gen stats chart of Mahomes throws and there's like a huge clump of plays behind the line of scrimmage on the left side. Um, and I, I don't know what that was about. Honestly, I don't know why they ran so many plays um, to that side. There were a few that weren't designed, uh, but a lot of them were, I don't know if that had something to do with the field conditions or what. Um, but I mean, obviously Mahomes is Mahomes uh, the week before against the Titans. He threw for 450 yards and, and three touchdowns. So, I mean, you know, he's going to bounce back. I, Especially coming off the bye week, I think that's something that, that they really needed. Um, but you kind of mentioned it, Ori, and, and another thing that really impressed me was was Fenton. Um, he came up with a huge play. Um, he had a couple mistakes, uh, got bailed out on one um, down the right sideline. He got turned around a little bit. Um, and I don't know if it somebody mentioned that it was kind of his, it looked like it exposed his lack of speed. Um, but honestly, it looked like he just got turned around and, and saw that Claiborne was crashing down on it. And I mean, he wasn't going to be able to make a play anyway. Um, so that was really nice to see. And then obviously Sorensen, who went out there um, and, and made a ton of plays as well, uh, actually had a couple of tackles behind the line of scrimmage um, as well um, as, you know, picking off that game winner. 
Another thing, um, moving into uh, the running backs, I thought Daryl Williams played really well. He didn't he didn't rush for you know a ton of yards. Um, I think it was like three point eight yards per carry or something like that. Um, but I thought he ran w- really well. Um, what did you guys think about Darrell? Yeah, I've been waiting for him to get some some more touches. I've been saying, uh, especially when we've have been having the fumbling problems, uh, to give it to Darrell, uh, see what he can do. Um, he's more of he's like one of our bigger backs, and he just goes up there and gets those tough yards, uh, which is what I want to see. I want to see you know a guy. It seems so often that we don't break the first tackle. We just get you know immediately get to the line and get pushed back. Uh, he's one of those guys that can. Uh, you know, kind of barge forward and uh, get those yards. I was I was impressed to see him, and um, I think a part of that is, you know, uh, well, obviously we talked about the, with the fumbling issues with the other guys, um, but I, I would something something else I would really like to see is uh, Darwin Thompson getting some uh, some touches, and I know that we've talked about that on Twitter with some people, and uh, some people don't agree because based on his yards per carry average, but. That's because he on five carries at all, but um, I like I like to see that going forward. I, and I know Grant has some strong opinions about that as well. Yeah, I mean, people were pointing out that Darwin carries Darwin Thompson's averaging one point eight yards per carry on literally five carries. I mean, I, I don't even I don't even know what to say. Like, there is nothing to say. That's that's stupid. Like, that's not even something that you should point out when a guy has five carries and you're saying, oh, he's averaging 1.8 yards per carry. Uh, But anyway, moving on from that, um, another thing uh, that really, really impressed was obviously Frank Clark. Um, He had, I think he had seven or nine pressures. I'm -hmm. not sure he had one sack, but honestly he could have had about four or five sacks. Um, I mean, he was just absolutely dominant all night long, uh, both as a pass rusher and as a run defender. Um, He was making huge plays in the run game. Uh, obviously basically had pressure on rivers all night long coming off the edge. Um, and it just looked like, I don't know, maybe this was the first game that he was fully healthy out there. Um, you know, I think the neck issue, obviously they mentioned that he's been dealing with that all year long. Um, and it'll be good for him to have, you know, after a game like that, it'll be nice for him to have an extra week to recover here, uh, during the bye week. Yeah, he's got like about 40 seconds of highlights in the weekly recap that's going to be coming out soon. So, um, you know, love to see him, uh, you know, going out there making lots of plays. He didn't look like he was, you know, being held back by injury at all. So hopefully, like you said, the bye week um, gives him the extra rest so that he can come out for the Raiders and the rest of the season um, healthy as can be. Um, But I also want to shout out Charvarius Ward. He looked incredible yet again. Um, I think, you know, he's emerging as one of our top uh, corners, has been all year. And I, you know, from where we thought our defensive backs would be this season to where they are now and how they're playing, just really impressive. You know, they're ranked uh, fourth pass defense in the league. Not something I would have guessed, um, you know, coming up in the preseason. So I'm just, you know, every game he makes plays and every game I continue to kind of be in awe from what we thought we were going to have. Yeah, and I think uh, Ward, speaking on him, uh, he was targeted five times, I believe. He gave up one reception for 50 yards, um, and that was the reception to Mike Williams down deep down the left sideline on the jump ball uh, that Mike Williams very, very obviously pushed off on Javarius Ward. Uh, I mean, just pushed him right in the back, and that didn't get called. And then um, obviously, so basically Javarius Ward uh, went up until the final 30 seconds without allowing a reception 
against the Chargers team that, I mean, they have Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams. It's, they've got pretty good receivers. Um, so, I mean, they, that's super impressive. Um, and then, you know, another thing that, speaking of uh, the run defense, whenever we were talking about Frank Clark, um, the run defense was really, really good. Uh, we had struggled to contain Austin Eckler out of the backfield. We gave, allowed 100 yards to him uh, receiving. Um, but I think Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon, I think they rushed for 16 times total. And if you, I'm not supporting this method of logic here, but if you take out the two, uh, two rushes that they had, uh, which were like 24 and 18 yards, um, Eckler and Melvin Gordon had one of those each, they averaged like three yards a carry. Um, on the other 14 touches, which, I mean, overall is really, really nice. Obviously, they gave up a couple um, big chunk runs that you don't want to see. Um, but overall, they were holding them, you know, you know, run after run. They were stopping um, Gordon and Eckler, who, you know, we thought was going to be a major issue after Derrick Henry ran for 1,000 yards on us two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Look the big play is just, you know, you can't play such a good game and then give up one or two, three big plays. Um, it's a little different with the Derrick Henry situation because he's, you know, trashed us the whole game. But, I mean, it, there's positives and negatives. And, obviously, uh, they played good majority of the game against Eckler and Gordon, and they just gave up a couple plays, like you said. Um, hopefully they can limit that. You know, Josh Jacobs coming up, he's a great running back, so we'll see um, how the run defense does against him. Yeah, and I think that – um, you know, Melvin Gordon's obviously a good player, and you shouldn't take him lightly. But I think that almost Austin Eckler's type of running back are more dangerous against us. We can't. We've always had uh, this problems this season defending running backs that are you know catching it and you know doing little screens, bunch like which is what they do with Eckler a ton. And I, you know, he had a, he had a good game against us, which I you know like I said, I figured he would because of the you know, we've had problems with that. But um, it ended up being a problem where we couldn't stop it enough that they just killed us the whole game um so i, I was i was impressed with that uh, going back to when you were when you were talking about the obvious push off on ward not only that was which was wrong with that play but right after that he was touched down inbounds and i was sitting there freaking out watching the game because way like, way inbounds it was yeah. like a yard and a half inbounds yeah and i was i was sitting there like why is he why is this is the clock stopped like everybody in the living room was like why is the clock stopped but the referees don't see that somehow didn't make any sense and then they they wouldn't have even had like that last play if um they would have had the, the clock running down but i don't know it was to be honest they, I, i'm not even sure they would have gotten another play at all i mean that was a 50 yard oh. pass and uh i mean obviously rivers is like the slowest guy in the league um and you know it would have taken him i think they had 33 seconds left um whenever he caught that pass or maybe it was 44 i'm not sure um, but i mean it would have taken him it would have taken him probably 20 25 seconds to get set there um and they were on the 30 yard line it's just i mean you can't those type of mistakes can't happen um i mean fenton's hand i, I showed a picture fenton's hand was clearly on mike williams back after he caught the ball um, and his elbow was down way, way in bounds. And then Mike Williams rolled over and touched the out of bounds line and they called it net or they called him down. Like, I, I don't know. It doesn't, that's a terrible mistake. The refs have been bad all year. Um, but I mean, we won the football game. We covered the spread. Um, so like, I, I don't really know why 
I mean, I guess we have something to complain about, which is which is good because that means there's room for improvement. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, we won the football game. Um, moving on to the next thing. Um, we signed a guy um, off the Baltimore Ravens practice squad, a defensive end. Uh, his name's Damon Harris, and uh, he went to the University of Buffalo. Um, he's a pretty good player. I posted his... Uh, measurables today he ran a 477 at you know 275 pounds big dude 6'4 um so I mean he's pretty athletic and I went and watched a little bit of his Buffalo highlights and uh, he was pretty good and um if you go look at his preseason stats um I think he had like 16 pressures um over two years in the preseason um on like 90 pass rush snaps which is very good as well obviously he probably wasn't going against you know very high level of competition there, um, you know, being at the bottom of the roster. But, I mean, maybe the Chiefs saw something in him. Um, so we'll just have to see. They released Joey Ivey, which I'm perfectly fine with because Joey Ivey, for some reason, blocked us on Twitter. Um, so, you know, he's not on the team anymore. <laughs> Sucks. We, uh, speaking of, of Harris, he actually just went, as I was sitting here, he just went live on Instagram. Uh, I don't know, know what he's doing over there, but he seemed, uh, you know, he seemed pretty happy to be to be joining us uh, from what I saw on Twitter. Um, obviously, just you give him a chance, and if he can prove himself to be a good player, it'll be, it'll be a nice addition for us. Yeah, combine or yeah, it was just combine stats. They they look pretty they look pretty good, and uh, yeah, hopefully he can uh, make an impact on the team. And uh, that's that's pretty much all I have for him. But uh, I guess kind of some things that. Going in, we talked about what impressed us. Something, some things that dis- we were disappointed in. Uh, I think for me, it was just, you know, I think a lot of this stems from the field conditions. I, I don't know that for sure, but it definitely seemed like they were pretty bad. We have had a lot of problems with injuries, and it kind of continued uh, against the Chargers. We had people just going down left and right. Um, especially Tyreek is obviously the, the biggest one out of those. Uh, and it, it was a little disappointing. And I think that might be, you know, obviously Tyreek is one of, Mahomes is big guys to throw to, and that take a, t- taking him out, uh, you know, takes t- takes away those big plays for us. So that was disappointing to see because we were just starting to get everybody healthy, and then like a minute later, Tyree goes goes <laughs> limping off the field. So that kind of sucks. So that was that was disappointing for me. Have we heard his MRI results yet, or no? Yeah. Yeah, they said it's minor. He's day to day. So he wanted to come back in that game, but they wouldn't let him. Yeah, he um. I mean, a hamstring strain is one of those things that, like, you can't not limp if you're in pain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like where Mahomes, where he dislocated his kneecap. Like, that's like, um, it's not really a muscle thing. It's just like, it's like a bruise. So, like, you can overcome it. Like, a hamstring strain is like tightness in your muscles. So, whenever you walk, like, it actually physically hinders the way that you walk. Um, and after he was, or whenever he walked to the locker room initially, um, he wasn't limping at all. So, I mean, it was just a minor hamstring strain, I suppose. Um, I, I think he'll be back against the Raiders. Um, but you know, we'll have to see, I think, you know, it's a perfect time to have a bye week honestly. I mean, we're probably going to get Okafer and Fuller back. Um, you know, Eric Fisher has another, another week to heal up. Um, and then obviously Tyreek Hill, who went down with that injury, uh, will have a week to uh, recover as well. Um, so that's that's obviously um, very important at this point in the season. Um, going on to another thing that really disappointed me uh, was just Chris Jones. I mean, what? Where did he go? 
I mean, he was basically non-existent uh, against the Chargers, who have a terrible offensive line. Um, they're missing their starting center. Um, I think they're missing one of their starting guards. And uh, Chris Jones just didn't show up, um, especially in a game like this where, um, you know, the Chargers basically had us with our backs against the wall all game long. I mean, I know they were in Mexico City and elevations like 7,200 feet, um, but Chris Jones just uh, was basically non-existent. Um, I haven't really dived, dove into the film a lot yet, so um, I don't know if he was double-teamed quite a bit, and that could possibly be why Frank Clark was going crazy. Um, but I don't know. What did you guys think about Chris? Yeah, it's definitely disappointing. Um, he has those games, though, where he doesn't show up, and I don't, I don't know, quite know why. Uh, obviously, it could have to do with double teaming. I didn't, I like I said, I haven't really looked back yet. Um, but yeah, he ha- he does have those games occasionally where it's just like, where's Chris Jones at? And then he has the games where he just dominates the entire time. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of like give and take with him. Uh, obviously, we'd love him to um, be able to do the same thing every every game, but. I don't know. Um, it maybe if it, it could have, like you said, be him getting double teamed, and that's why Clark was so open at times to to get up there and get to Rivers. But I'm not really sure. I mean, I, it wasn't as big of a problem as it could have been. Thank God Frank Clark showed up, and thank God the the D backs um, had incredible games. So um, it, it wasn't as worrisome as it as it possibly could have been. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean. I think, um, especially with, you know, Ogba going out, um, I think it put a little bit more pressure on our defensive line. Uh, they're not giving Tano Passigno a ton of attention right now. Uh, hopefully that changes because Tano Passigno has been a has been a threat throughout the season. Um, he basically wasn't a factor last week. Um, so hopefully going forward, whenever we get Okafer back and then we have Passigno and Frank Clark on the edge and then obviously Damone Harris, who we just brought in, um, hopefully we can bring some more pressure off the edge there. I do have one thing. I don't understand why Tano and Chris Jones were being put back into coverage. So the first drive, the first time the Chargers were in the red zone, they had Chris Jones sink back into coverage, which I don't, I don't understand that. So can you explain that? Yeah. yeah um, so basically they're, they're doing that whenever they blitz. Um, so they're basically blitzing and then they're dropping a guy, um, into the middle of the field, um, in the shallows. Um, so they've done it a lot actually this year. I, I don't know, um, if you've noticed it, but they've done it with naughty and they've done it with Colin Saunders quite a bit as well. So, um, when they're blitzing and they're bringing an extra guy, um, they're basically dropping a defensive tackle, um, you know, into the, you know, short route area um to try to prevent some of that stuff over the middle um if they have like for example a running back running a crosser or something like that um or the slot guy running a crosser so um i mean it it hasn't exposed us yet um whenever they dropped tano um they flew eckler out to that side and eckler burned us for 25 or something like that 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 was in the flats though um so that was out out on the right side and it was kind of uh like a little bubble pass. Um, what I'm talking about is them running o- over the middle of the field. Huh. I don't know if you've seen it. I, I tried to go back and find the video of Colin Saunders uh, a few weeks ago, but he yeah. dropped coverage. He was like shuffling 
uh, mm-hmm. right in the middle of the field, like five yards back. It was hilarious. But, um, but yeah, yeah, Tano passing you. I think, honestly, Tano probably could have made that play. Uh, he was just a little late to react on it and uh, drop back. Um, but, I mean, you know, in the future, that wasn't really um, one of those things. I mean, they kind of just uh, killed us on that bubble pass there. Uh, it was in Austin Eckler, I think, picked up most of his receiving yards on that one play. So, yeah. Um, moving on to another thing that kind of disappointed me um, is kind of I don't I, I don't even really know like why um, what the deal is, but it's just why aren't we getting the ball into McCole Hardman and Sammy Watkins' hands? Yeah, um, they each had two catches last week, especially with Tyreek Hill going out. Um, we just kept throwing the ball to running backs and. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, I don't understand why on those plays where we, we're throwing it to the running backs, we don't have it to go to Hardman, especially when every time that he gets the ball, he's breaking it for like 15 yards. Like, I don't get like why we don't give it to him more. I get I get that, you know, it kind of surprises them when if he gets it or something to that effect. But we could we could easily do even Tyreek in this. You can throw him into this. I know he hasn't been healthy, but I never I didn't say it this week, you know, with Tyreek running the ball. We're Hardman running the ball. We always do those those plays where we're pretending like we're hand, we're doing like the the sweep where we're pretending like we're gonna g- give it to Hardman and then we don't. How about you let him have it at some point and see what see what happens? He every time he gets the ball, he's at, he's going, you know, he's getting pat. He's gonna first down and more. He is leading. I think it was. A, I don't. I think it's in all receivers and yards after the catch, which is like like twelve or so, I believe it was. And yeah, he's, just, he's five yards. So. Between number one and number two, um, it's twelve point seven and or twelve point two and yeah. seven point two. So five yards separate number one and number two, and then number two and number eight, um, one yard separates them. So like McCole Hardman is so far ahead of everybody, um, it's actually pretty crazy. McCole Hardman is almost as far ahead of Marquise uh, Brown, who's number two as Marquise Brown has yards after the catch on average, which is just absurd. Yeah, and it just doesn't make sense that they don't, don't give him the ball. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's out there. It's not like it's not like he's not on the field. He's getting snaps. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's struggling with the routes or what whenever he's on the field, um, but they're just not getting him the ball. And I mean, the same thing kind of goes for Sammy Watkins. I don't watch Sammy Watkins on every single play. I need to go back and, you know, watch some film on this game. Um, but Sammy Watkins is one of the best route runners in the league. And I find it really, really hard to believe that Sammy Watkins isn't open way more um, than his targets. Want. So um, especially with especially with Tyreek Hill out of the game. Yeah, I agreed. And I think that. You know, once ever, you know, going into that, I think that going into next week, um, we everybody but healthy. I think our this will be finally be the game that our offense starts clicking on all cylinders like it did before. You know, get ever, get people back on defense. Hopefully, I think that this week, the next week against Oakland, uh, will be w- where we should be as far as what this team can look like and going forward and back into a championship team that I think we can still ultimately become become and. Uh, it's it's definitely gonna be it's gonna be a test for us. Um, I, I think the Raiders 
um, you know, are better are better than we originally thought. Uh, it's always tough to have a divisional game, as I said earlier. So um, I really hope we stick to the Raiders. And you know, it's a big it's a big game because if we lose that and you know go they they keep winning, it, it could get, it's going to come down to the wire for the AFC West. Yeah, look, we're not going to lose to the Raiders. Andy Reid is seven and one against division rivals, coming off a bye in his in his career, um, and he's like sixteen and or seventeen and three um, overall, coming off a bye week for his career, um, and we've beaten the Raiders, you know, eleven of the last thirteen matchups. The Raiders aren't a good football team. Um, they're beating up on teams like the Bengals, and they're actually not even beating up on them. They beat them 17-10 to 10 at home. Uh, the Raiders just aren't a good football team, and their fans love to act like they are. Uh, speaking about Andy Reid, another thing that disappointed me was the just how comfortable he is to play conservative um, towards the end of the game. Yeah, really, second half and on, um, you know, that's something that we've always known. But it really did, uh, you know, show its show its ugly face in a, this Chargers game, where we really stopped attempting to throw the ball down the field past um, the second half or past the first half. And uh, I would love to see that change. I know it's not, but it always um, it always shows um, in close games, and it definitely showed against this Charger game, which um, you know is always disappointing. Yeah, and, and something that I was kind of thinking of um, is the field conditions maybe could have lended to the reason of why um, they're, you know, only running screenplays or, you know, short stuff over the middle and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't I don't know. It doesn't make much sense um, after that interception at the very beginning of the game. Um, and then a couple other plays where, you know, Patrick Mahomes missed uh, missed guys deep. Uh, they just kind of went away from throwing it, throwing it down the field, and uh, went to using their running backs, and um, you know, basically not doing things that would affect them, um, you know, running routes and stuff like that uh, because of the grass or the field conditions. Because I mean, the field conditions, in all honesty, were absolutely horrible. I mean, guys repeatedly were pointing down at the field and there's just huge chunks of grass coming out of the ground. So, um, I mean, I get it. Uh, but in hindsight, I don't think that it was necessary for us to, um, play the game plan that we did, uh, in the final three quarters. So, you know, hopefully that changes, uh, with Oakland coming to town, um, so off the bye week, I think Andy Reid will have a lot of time to, you know, recuperate and, uh, redesign, you know, his playbook a little bit and, uh, work with Mahomes and, and see, get back to the offense in Kansas city that we've come to know over the last year and a half. All right. Well, I guess we can start talking about, uh, what to expect for the Oakland game. Um, you know, with them coming to town and obviously, like we've said, Andy Reid coming off the bye, um, we should expect the offense to excel, but I'm more ex- expecting the defense to excel, in all honesty. Um, we kind of own Derek Carr, and so I won't be surprised if we have, you know, uh, three-plus sacks and two-plus interceptions on him. Um, we we own the division, and so uh, I don't expect that to change. 
Um, the defense should come out and dominate, uh, look for maybe Ward to get an interception or Tyran to get another. Um, but uh, the defense should should excel in the game against Oakland. Yeah, like I said, it's always tough to, to go against a divisional opponent. I know that they're not as great as they think they are or uh, they feel like they are coming forward. But I think that, like I said earlier, we'll, this will be the game where everything kind of goes back into place, where the media will see it and go, okay, these guys are back. You know, these guys are for real again. They're back. Uh, they're, they're healthy, and they're going to be good going into the playoff stretch and all that, all of that going forward. And I think that <clears throat> we'll, we'll feel a lot better about this team if we already don't. Uh, I think Pat's going to have four touchdowns. I think he's going to throw for 450. And I think we're going to win by 21. Yeah. So, I mean, we held the Raiders in Oakland uh, in the final game that we are ever going to play them in, in the Coliseum. Um, We held them to 10 points and, you know, all 10 of those points were scored in the first quarter. Uh, So we shut them out for like the final three and a half quarters. Uh, And then the Chiefs, obviously, I mean, they went absolutely ballistic in the second quarter. Uh, scored 28 points. Uh, so we're going to need to see a little bit of consistency definitely from this team because I do believe that the Raiders are better than they were um, early in the season. Um, but I, I, I'm i just not buying it, um, especially with them coming to Arrowhead. Derek Carr has always struggled on the road. He's always struggled in Arrowhead. Um, so, you know, I don't think, I don't think that we're going to have an issue with this game. And honestly, of all the games that we've played this season, this is probably the one that I am the least worried about. Um, I'm just being completely honest. And, um, you know, the Raiders are on this hype train. They're running a little high right now. Uh, we'll see what happens with them against the Jets. I, w- I would love to see the Jets humble them a little bit um, and then come into Arrowhead 6-5. and five. That'd be real nice. Yeah, and I think the Jets definitely have a chance of humbling the Raiders. Uh, if they do that, they're going to be coming in with a little less confidence. Yes, they're going to still be eager playing us, but um, I, th- I think that we'll be fine, and um, I think we'll be. I think we'll get the win by, like, like I said, by 21, and you know, put them back in their place where they belong as second, or even who cares down the line where they're at. Yeah. So let's close it up here. But before we close it up, I want to talk about the hot topic in the NFL right now, and that is Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph. Um, as most everybody knows, if you don't know by now, you're probably living under a rock. Uh, Miles Garrett went postal and just smashed Mason Rudolph's head in with a helmet two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, it's a hot topic right now. Miles Garrett uh, appeal was denied. And there was a report that came out that Mason Rudolph, whenever the whole thing was going down, Mason Rudolph uh, used a racial slur towards Miles Garrett. Um, that's pretty much been disproven at this point. Um, they said that there was absolutely no evidence. Um, I mean, guys are, there's several guys mic'd up on the field and, um, you know, they have, you know, mics and everything, you know, surrounding the field and stuff like that. Um, and they basically could hear everything and they didn't hear that. So, um, what do you guys think about that whole allegation uh, where does Miles Garrett go from here? What do you guys think about the, the his suspension? Um, just basically everything. Just just ramble on about it. Um, I mean, I feel like one of uh, Mason Rudolph's teammates would have heard the slur, and you know, maybe not have 
reacted the same way that they did. I feel like, you know, if they hear it, then they maybe understand where Garrett's coming from, and obviously they stop it. But um, I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing that Rudolph said something. No one heard it except for Garrett and um, even the mics. You know, I, I feel like that's a bit hard um, to believe. I feel like Pouncey um, shouldn't have been suspended, obviously, by the rule he needed to be. But I completely agreed with his actions in defending his quarterback. And I felt like what he did was justified due to Garrett's actions. Um, I was fully expecting Miles Garrett to be suspended for um, at least the rest of the year and then having that carry over, which it is um, as of now. You know, who knows when he'll be allowed back on the field. But um, like many people have been saying, it's a privilege to play in the NFL, not a right. And um, that's quite obviously being proven. Um, I, I don't know. That's not something that anyone's really ever seen before on the football field um, to that magnitude. And I felt like for the most part, the NFL dealt with it the correct way, which is kind of surprising to say. But, um, you know, they did what they had to do. Mason Rudolph also got fined, um, whatever, twenty-five to 36000 So, um, you know, w- it'll be interesting to see um, what happens the next time those two teams play. Um, you know, yeah, next always, week. Yeah, there's, there's always been beef there. Um, even going back to, you know, A.B. getting crunched and then Juju standing up for him. So um, that'll be a very... Uh, interesting game to follow and watch but I, I don't necessarily expect anything um, to go down due to these events yeah and, and speaking on Marquise Pouncey really quick I do agree with his actions um, but I also think that he should have been suspended uh, it did get reduced from three games to two games um, but I mean you can't even if you're defending your quarterback you can't go out there and kick folks in the head I mean you just can't do that um, you know, the oh. fact Mason Rudolph got his head bashed in uh, with a large plastic object um, just doesn't justify Marquise Pouncey kicking a dude in the head repeatedly. Um, so, I mean, that's that. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, he should have been suspended. I'm, I'm fine with it getting reduced from three games to two games. Uh, but I think, I think their main goal was basically to have him out for the game against the Browns. Um, which which is next week, so he he will be out for that. Yeah, and that, really, how I feel about it is that, um, yeah, Gary should be suspended. That, there's no doubt about that. What he did, he could have killed him. Honestly, like he literally, if it hit him in the right spot, could have killed him. Which is just kind of crazy to think about. Uh, but going forward, you know, or on the other side of it, you know, he was trying to rip off his helmet. Um, he was not being. <laughs> He's being doing being just as annoying. I I don't know. You can't justify him hitting, but hitting him in the head with the helmet. But uh, you could definitely see why what Garrett would be get pretty annoyed, getting fed up with it. Um, as far as Pouncey, yeah, he was defending his quarterback, but he he went too far. So uh, you know, it'll all play out how it needs to, I guess. And you know, he he definitely won't do it again. Yeah, for sure. I think I mean Miles Garrett. Um, he got a fine for throwing a punch earlier in the year. Um, and then he's had a, fo- a couple unnecessary roughness um, fines as well. Um, so, I mean, I don't really think, you know, I think it was just a heat of the moment thing. And I'm sure as soon as it happened, I'm sure Miles Garrett was instantly regretted it and knew that he had uh, screwed up in a big way. Um, but, you know, it's funny because I, 
this guy on Twitter, um, I don't know, some of you guys might have seen it. I know you and Austin did, uh, Ori, but um, a guy was saying, I was basically defending Miles Garrett, not defending Miles Garrett, but um, saying that basically that or Mason Rudolph shouldn't have tried to rip off Miles Garrett's helmet. And the guy was like, well, you've never had a 275-pound defensive lineman fall on top of you before, um, so you don't know how it feels. And I was like, actually, um, I've played against Miles Garrett three times in high school, um, so yeah, I do know how it feels, first of all, um, which is, I mean, what are the odds I, that you, you're trying to argue with a guy saying that he's never played football before, uh, and come to find out the guy has actually played against uh, Miles Garrett himself three times in high school. Yeah, I went to Arlington High School. Miles Garrett went to Arlington Martin High School. Um, they're like 10 minutes away here in Texas. So, yeah, it's just it's just a hilarious, like, ironic situation. Did he murder you? Miles? Yes. Um, I mean, not really. Um, There's a couple times where I had to block him um basically and and the dude just like kind of tossed me like a rag doll um naturally i mean i weighed 180 pounds he weighed 270 pounds or 260 pounds and you know he could probably bench press four times my weight at the time Mm -hmm. so like i mean what did you expect um got tackled by him one time so that was enjoyable um but yeah so i mean that's that but you know it happens um (laughs) I, I don't know, just the the whole irony of the situation, like, whenever the guy was saying it, like, I knew, whenever I was arguing with him, I knew he was going to say something like that, and I just had it in my back, in my, in my back pocket, and I was just waiting to pull it out, and, you know, it happened, so, you know, it was a proud moment for me there. <laughs> I did enjoy um, watching both sides, like, justify their players' um, actions, even, like, the Browns fans completely justifying Miles Garrett's, um, which I found just incredible that you can even like I feel like I don't know maybe I'm wrong but I feel like even uh, like the Chiefs fans would not have justified say Frank Clark or Chris Jones doing that um, just because that there's no no reason that's ever okay Um, but I did enjoy that Um, I also enjoyed watching people call him a thug and like basing his entire personality off of one action um, because that's just not normally how things work um so uh yeah twitter was great for like three or four days there um and so was the national media too their coverage that they they did was um just really enjoyable to you know watch and keep up with very bad very very subpar but but enjoyable um in the same breath yes um so to close it up here um we have a giveaway it is a patrick mahomes uh limited edition or limited release um funko pop uh bobblehead figurine thing i don't really know what they are honestly um i know they're collectible um and people you know they go crazy over them so you know i bought a couple of them one for myself of course uh for my office here um and then i bought one for the giveaway so um we're giving that away um it ends in i believe uh december 8th Uh, i could be wrong on that you guys have to check it's pinned um in our twitter profile um so check that out if you haven't already entered the giveaway go ahead and enter it um and then we do have Another giveaway that Ori is very excited about. I know he's so excited about spending money um, coming up like immediately after the uh, this Patrick Mahomes giveaway. 
Um, so y'all keep an eye out for that. We won't tell you what it is. It's going to be a surprise. Um, big, big Christmas surprise. Somebody's going to have a very nice Christmas. Um, so y'all be prepared for that. Um, keep an eye out for that giveaway. Um, and you know, we are always happy to give y'all stuff, I guess. Um, it's always stuff. It's never anything consistent. Um, and so check that out. Uh, and then also we have our store. Um, we haven't really been pushing it lately. Um, I'm not really sure why, but, um, we have a store now, uh, with a little bit of merchandise. We're going to be adding some stuff to that. I know Ori's girlfriend is working on some designs for us. Um, so keep an eye out for that as well. Um, if you guys are interested in purchasing any merchandise, um, we can send you the link. Uh, we can also send you a promo code um, that will give you 10% off. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want any of our merchandise, uh, slide in our DMs and we will gladly give you a promo code for you to go on and uh, you know represent the Arrowhead Live brand. You can also uh, click onto my Twitter profile and I have the shop linked in my bio if you just want to give it a look, um, see what we have and what we're offering. There you go. Thank you, Austin. Um, anyway, that's it for this week, guys. Um, we will be back after the Raiders game. Um, so, th- Oh, yeah, and speaking of the Raiders game, really, really quick. If you don't know, it's been flexed to 325 on Sunday. It was originally 12. It's now 325 uh, Central Time. So just so you guys know, you, you, those of you that you know don't follow very closely, um, the game will be at 325. Anyway, that's it for this week, guys. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back with episode 26 next week. Um, Enjoy the bye week. Uh, It's very hard to get through. I know. No Chiefs football. So um, thank you for listening, and go Chiefs.